You listen to me. You're Nick fucking... Oh! Woo Cage! Welcome to the Nick fucking Woo Cage cast. And Cat, woo! There you go. I know you picked the name because you really wanted to lay in that whole fucking thing. Yeah. Um, the problem is going to be, I am rarely, if ever, going to have the energy to do that by the time we record these episodes. However, <laughs> you are welcome to do it anytime you'd like. All right. Uh, yeah, I, my plan was to do it every week, and then I heard our intro music and decided I might not need to do it every week. But because it is our inaugural show, I feel like maybe I should go for it. Welcome, everyone, to the Nick fucking Woo! Cagecast! There you go. See, you got a lot more energy than I do. I just don't <laughs> have it. And um, but yeah, I, I put it at the beginning of the, the music because I thought, yeah. well, then that relieves the pressure of having to do it every single week. Yeah, it, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it is a great clip from the unbearable, uh, <laughs> unbearable weight of massive talent. I uh, yeah. that is I often have trouble remembering the title of that movie. Uh, <laughs> it's a weighty title. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, I am uh, I'm excited to finally get this show launched. We've talked about it. It's gone through several name changes as we talked about it, and then other people <laughs> yeah. have taken the names. Uh, <laughs> but yes. we are here, and we are going to be talking Nicolas Cage, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I will use the – because um, Apple and Spotify and the other platforms will not let us have a title with the word fuck in it, um, I'm yeah. a, I will probably alternate between the Nick and Woo Cage cast – and the Nick fucking Wu cage cast uh, as I talk about the show or whatever. Um, so everybody will just have to adjust to that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When we say F and know what we mean. <laughs> right, right. We definitely mean fucking. Always. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so um, Nick Cage news. And we were just talking about this before we started recording um, that yesterday as I was looking for some Nick Cage news, there wasn't a whole lot. And then today, we got all the Nick Cage news as uh, it became, um, at least on our, my little sphere of the internet, uh, one of the biggest stories of the day uh, as we're recording this, that Nicolas Cage is going to be appearing as a character in the video game Dead by Daylight. That's right. He will be the first celebrity to appear as himself in Dead yeah. by Daylight. Yeah. There's not a ton of information about this. The, everything I've read about it says like July 5th. We'll get more info about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what it appears like. It's not uh, It's not one of his characters from one of his movies. It's not, you know, Dracula from Renfield or anything. This is just Nicolas Cage in Dead by Daylight. And I kind of like that. Yeah. Uh it has been described as the performance of a lifetime. <laughs> I have no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that I think is, uh, that's the only Nick Cage news I saw. Did you see anything else? I, I didn't see. I did not see anything else. Okay, this yeah. has also been all over my timeline today. Yeah. So it's just, it's just been everywhere. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, even uh, like later this afternoon or earlier this afternoon, I uh, looked for some Nick Cage news just to see if there was anything else. And every single story that came up was about him being in uh, Dead by Daylight. Um, so it's kind of cool. And it, Dead by Daylight's not a game I've played a lot. I have played some. Um, but this 
is uh, something that might bring me back to this game to check it out. Yeah, I, I might play Dead by Daylight for the first time. To yeah. <laughs> I mean, before I bought, uh, I bought Ash, um, the Ash Williams character, and I always just played as Ash because I thought it doesn't get any cooler than Ash. I didn't know they were going to drop Nick Cage in there. Now I might have to to play as, as Nicholas Cage. That'd be that'd be awesome. They're trying to prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, and they did. They they truly they did. did. So uh, anyway, big exciting news uh, for fans of Dead by Daylight and fans of Nicholas Cage. And I imagine that Venn diagram is almost just a circle. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, because who isn't a fan of Nicholas Cage? Right. Right. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, I'm probably going to check that out when it, whenever it comes out. I'm interested to see, uh, what they announce on July 5th or what the further information they said that they're going to, they're going to give there. Um, as we set up the show, we talked about, uh, we're going to go through the filmography, uh, chronologically. Yes. Um, now there will be new movies coming out. Obviously we're not doing an actor, um, who's retired or, or passed away. Nope. Uh, so I imagine what what we'll probably do is when a new movie comes out, if we see it, we can you know maybe chat about it a little bit here at the top of the show. But then it'll get a full episode down the road. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I think is is probably the best way to handle that. Um, there is, uh, however, because of the, I mean this the the logical starting point uh, for all of this is. Um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, that is his feature film debut, and that is indeed where we're starting and what we're talking about this week. But there is, however, um, before that, a uh, television pilot called The Best of Times. Have you seen that? I have not seen that. Okay. Um, Well, I went, and uh, I found it, and I watched it. How was it? Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is not a good show. I do not recommend anyone watching it. Um, It is available. You can find it on, uh, I I believe I just watched it on YouTube. Um, It's, uh, I guess it would have been an hour long series. Um, It was, I think, 44 minutes or whatever, uh, watching it on YouTube, you know, with the commercial time cut out and everything. Um, But, you know, it's from, I believe, 1981 was the year that it was uh from and it looks like garbage uh because it's a television series not even a series a pilot from 1981 so the video looks kind of crappy and uh and everything i will say um about it it's it's what it is is um it's not it's not a traditional tv show it's more like a sketch comedy show um (laughs) where the sketches center around teenagers of uh you know teen teenage life in 1981 or whatever oh boy yeah so it's not uh, it's a comedy show it's not funny um okay. i don't know if it ever would have been considered funny uh the two standouts and and i i don't know if this is that they are just that much better than everyone else on the show or if it's just because i have the you know benefit of having hindsight and looking back sure uh, but obviously nicholas cage is in it credited as nicholas coppola and you can see even uh, in this pilot some of the Nicolas Cage that he'll come to be coming out uh, in, in the pilot. Just sort of this kind of over the top at times uh, and very uh, very serious at times. It, he, he shows a, a pretty good range for this this one uh, sketch comedy show, believe it or not. Um, and he he's pretty good in it. And the other person who's in it, who's kind of the main character, the guy who um, is kind of almost like a Ferris Bueller kind of character. Uh, okay. You know, breaks the fourth wall and talks directly to the camera is Crispin Glover. 
Really? Uh, yeah, and I don't know. I did not look, and I should have, to see if it is uh, if that was Crispin Glover's debut. I don't know. Um, but he's certainly uh, a very young Crispin Glover, and uh, you can just sort of see like his charisma and talent also um, standing out. Now, again, I don't know if that's just because I have the benefit of hindsight knowing that those two went on to have a great career. Uh, and I, I don't know that anyone else on the show did. I could be forgetting someone. I mean, um, Jackie Mason was in there. He did well, but he was like the old guy you know, on the show. He, <laughs> I think he was the established star that they could bring in, you know. Um, but it's it's yeah, it's it's just not funny. The sketches and the jokes don't don't really land, and uh, it's not very good. And it's it's very easy to see why it uh, it did not get picked up, and it remained only a pilot, but. Uh, I did. Uh, I did watch that um, earlier this week. That's that's interesting. I might still. I, I'm going to immediately disregard your advice. I would still kind of like to see it, just to see Nick Cage working that young. The the one complaint, and we'll get into it a little bit more uh, when we get into the movie. Uh, my biggest complaint is that, like you said, the power of hindsight, right? Like we mm -hmm. know who all these people are going to be. Uh, it's very strange to me. I, I know it's his film debut, but it's just Nick Cage is the biggest star in this thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's so underutilized. Um, and I have a feel, I, I don't know exactly what order these next few things come up in, but I know there are going to be a couple others where he's not like the big draw, okay. you know, and so it'd be nice to see him getting to have more screen time in these like really early 80s things. And it, it might be worth me checking out the pilot just for that. Yeah, um, let's see. It was, oh, it actually did air. The pilot did air um, as a CBS special presentation on August 29th, 1983. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted to pull up and see if there's anyone else in the cast that I, I was missing. And no, there are no names here um, that I, I recognize. No, this is not the same show. This doesn't even have Nicolas Cage in it. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that is. came out after. Okay. Here it is. This one. Okay. This is the one. Yeah. Um, 1981. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, Crispin Glover, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, this is. Oh, you know who else is in this? Joel Sholin was in it, too. Wow. Um, Jill Sholin, you remember from Popcorn? Yeah. And uh she was uh she was engaged to Brad Pitt at one point. Um Crispin Glo uh Crispin Glover's mother was played by Betty Glover. I guess that's his mom uh, oh, wow. in real life. I, I don't know. Uh she's never on screen. She just yells at him from off screen. <laughs> uh, that's the know. kind of acting I want to do. Yeah, yeah. She just yells from <laughs> off screen that he needs to clean his room and those sort of things. Um, also, I, uh, all of the characters um, are just the names of the actors. So Crispin Glover plays a character named Crispin. Nicholas Cage plays a character named Nicholas. I mean, it's <laughs> it's just an odd. It was just this odd show. Um, again, just a pilot. And now that I'm looking at it here, I don't see anything about it ever airing. So, um, yeah, apparently wow. uh, there was another show a couple of years later with the same title, but. Anyway, uh, that is all I have about the best of times. Um, I, you know, if you if you are a, a completist cat and you feel you have to check it out, I, I you know, it's forty four minutes or whatever. Yeah, uh, it but won't it's... be the dumbest waste of time I've ever no. heard. at forty four minutes. Uh, no. Get it yeah. worse. 
but it is uh it is really bad um <laughs> do you want to get into in. i'm sorry oh i'm glad i know going in though yeah 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 well i i mean i had a Not feeling to expect anything you know i going into it i i wasn't i wasn't like oh this is the great lost pilot of a series that never got picked up like i had a <laughs> feeling i knew exactly what it was going to be um should we get into uh fast times at ridgemont high yeah let's talk about it Universal Pictures presents everything you always wanted to do in high school with everyone you always wanted to do it with. Hey, bud. Let's party. They're the students of Ridgemont High. <laughs> Brad Hamilton, the fast food king. I shall serve no fries before their time. It says 100% guaranteed, you moron. Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass. Charles Jefferson. A man with a mission. Oh, gnarly! Linda Barrett. Not exactly the girl next door. Awesome! Totally awesome! And Jeff surfs up Spicoli. People on moods should not drive. Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, I guess first off, have you seen this movie before? Uh, yes, this was my second watch of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Okay. All right. Uh, one reason why I am excited to do this podcast is because I know, especially with the earlier years, I am missing a lot of Nick Cage movies. Mm -hmm. uh, this was one that I had seen already, though, because I had um, I had a roommate who was really into like this time period of movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this actually was my already pretty much my favorite out of like you know, all of those old early 80s movies yes. uh, fast times at ridgemont high was my favorite but it was not a high bar uh that's not a type of movie that i typically enjoy much, no so. it's a weird um sort of like coming of age high school sex comedy sort of thing yeah <laughs> those are it's an odd genre of movie when you really break it down um but I, you know, I've seen this thing probably a thousand times. I mean, it's just, I've seen it so many times. I, you may not be aware of this, but, uh, uh, for a lot of men, uh, my age, uh, Phoebe Cates coming out of that swimming pool was a seminal moment in your life. <laughs> um, yeah. Kevin Klein. I can uh, understand that. Yeah. Kevin Klein, a very lucky man. And, um, yeah, they just uh, uh, that uh, that meant a lot to me as a as a young man <laughs> growing up, and a, a lot of other people, uh, I'm sure as well. Um, yeah, so this movie is directed by Amy Heckerling, uh, but it was written by Cameron Crowe. Uh, and I do feel like when you watch it, like it sort of feels like a Cameron Crowe movie, right? Like it it, it does. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of that same kind of feeling, and apparently. I don't know. I guess it was. I don't know if he was writing because you know Cameron Crowe was a, a journalist uh, mm -hmm. for a while, and so I don't know if it was for this screenplay or if it was 
um, something he was writing as a journalist, but apparently he went undercover at a high school uh, in San Diego or something. I was actually going to ask you about that. I was I didn't do a lot of preparation for this, but one thing that I always like to do when I talk about movies is look at reviews. Mm-hmm. And that was something that came up in a review was that he had gone undercover. And I was really uh, I was hoping maybe you'd have some context into that because they oh damn it (laughs) yeah i wish i did i i think that it's i there's it seems like there's some sort of interesting story there i just don't know um i just don't know what it is because he was a i mean he was a journalist for i i believe well rolling stone i mean almost famous is like he made that it's based on his his life basically that is how things played out for him Mm -hmm. um but i don't know why he was undercover in a high school that Seems like the kind of thing that no one should ever be able to do. Um, and they're not. <laughs> yeah, no one should do that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I'm pretty sure it's not allowed, um, today, I, I would guess. But, um, back, uh, back in the late seventies, early eighties, apparently nobody gave a damn. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he was under, I'm trying to find, I found it somewhere at one point, the name of the high school, but I, I don't see it here. I'm pretty sure it was in, I know it was in Southern California. Um, I think it was San Diego, but I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent certain. Um, but, uh, so let's talk about, uh, well, in preparing the show, we talked about how we would initially talk about the, um, the Nicolas Cage in the movie, because this is a show about Nicolas Cage. Um, and we can do that here, but. I don't have a lot to say because there's just not a lot of Nicolas Cage in this movie. I will say like. You can always hope for... I, a lot of my complaints are going to be that there's not enough Nick Cage in the early Nick Cage films. But, which, and I do think he was really underutilized in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. But I also think that he had... Because he has, like, no lines. He has no part. The camera does this thing where it, like, almost intentionally does not show Nicolas Cage's face in this. Like, they'll be having a conversation, and then they'll just kind of pan away. Like, they'll pan up his body, and then before it gets to his face, they'll kind of cut back. And it's, uh, so he doesn't have much screen time in this. He's credited as Brad's bud. Like, he doesn't even have a name. Mm -hmm. Uh, but he has a tremendous amount of presence already. Yeah, no, he he absolutely does, and you can see that again in in the best of times as well. Like, yeah, he has a lot of lines in that. I mean, he's one of the the main. There's like a main core group of friends, and he's one of them. So he gets probably as much time as anybody else does in that on screen. But you can just tell, like, he's got that he's got that presence that whatever. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, does he have? He has like one line in this. Yeah, and it's not even like a full line. It's like an agreement, right? Like yeah. A yeah, or yeah. something like. Um, interestingly enough, um, in the bit of research that I did do on this movie, I did stumble across the fact that he says that he auditioned for the role of Brad about ten times, <laughs> and he believes the reason that he was not cast as Brad was because of his famous last name. It's like a reverse Nepo baby thing. They did not <laughs> want someone from a famous Hollywood family to play the role of Brad. I don't know. He stopped short of saying that's why he changed his name to Cage. Yeah. But this is the last, I believe this is the last film that he is credited as Nicholas Coppola. I think it's Nicholas Cage from here on out. I think so. Yeah. So he doesn't actually say that, but that seems to be 
the reason. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, he seemed, from what I read, he seemed convinced that he was going to be cast as Brad. And instead he ends up as Brad's bud with, <laughs> with half a line. That's, that's devastating. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting too, because I, I, it would have been probably a different movie if he's playing Brad, right? Like it would have been, it would have been a very different film. I don't know. Because everything turned out all right and we still got uh, the career of Nicolas Cage, I'm not super mad about it because it also, this is the movie that launched Judge Reinhold. And, well, I mean, I love Judge Reinhold. He was in Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, Do we know, do you know offhand what the name of the stoner character was? Spicoli. Spicoli? Um, I... I was really surprised at um, I, that was another one I was really surprised at just because it, I know I know that he can act is the mm-hmm. thing and it <laughs> so, it was it's and we've talked about this like on slasher sometimes with um the only one that comes to mind is Repo but like when they have a movie set in a very specific location and there's like only one person that does the accent it's very disorienting mm-hmm. and as a as a californian i get really irritated by that whole like valley <laughs> accent to begin with but i it was uh that was my least favorite part of the movie was <laughs> okay yeah i i can see that and so i think um because uh, sean penn plays jeff spicoli in the movie yeah um, and Spicoli is the typical Southern California, not typical, really, even the stereotypical, the stereotypical Southern California yeah. stoner surfer guy. I think uh, because the performance is a little jarring because also no one else in the movie is acting like that. Like you said, nobody else has. They're all acting it's like, just Sean Penn. Right. They're all acting like normal people. I have <laughs> a feeling that Sean Penn is because he is a, a, an extremely t- a talented actor. He's an Oscar winner, I believe. Um, he is, uh, I think that that's what they wanted from him. I think that he's giving the performance that they wanted from him for this movie. Um, and it, at first it bothered me, and then I just kind of leaned into it because Car- Spicoli is a fun <laughs> character. So, Spicoli is a fun character. Yeah. Uh, and, and it did irritate me, but the thing that reminded me is because just i and i assume that you're right because again i know that sean penn can act like i don't think this was something that he's just like i i i don't think he made it all the way through the movie just being so nervous about it that he did a southern california surfer dude accent the entire time like i'm sure that this was something that was encouraged uh, mm-hmm. While he was on set, but it just when you see something like that, when you see one character like that, that is so over the top, it really does kind of reinforce the idea that Nick Cage could have been Brad. <laughs> like, right, you know what I yeah. mean? Because he does also have that very over the top uh, kind of sensibility, and I think he would have. I think he would have done a good job within this film. You know. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, I I did that did stand out to me too. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought there's just no way that <laughs> that this is the choice that Sean Penn has made, and no one has said, "Hey, cut it out." You know? <laughs> yeah, it must have been intentional, but it was just, it was so weird. Yeah. Um, the cast in this thing is just incredible. 
Um, all yeah. of these people that that I'm going to name here quickly are young, young, young people. And for many of them, this is their first movie, I would imagine. Um, Sean Penn, we already talked about. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, Judge, Judge Reinhold, Phoebe Cates, um, Forrest Whitaker is in this movie. Eric Stoltz is in this movie. Um, Nicholas Cage, obviously. Pamela Springsteen is in this movie. Um, she, of course, Bruce Springsteen's sister, most known for, uh, I believe, uh, probably Sleepaway Camp 2. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 19- I didn't recognize her at all. Uh, I did, and I was like, holy shit, is that... <laughs> <laughs> Um, Nancy Wilson's also in this movie. Now, Nancy Wilson at that point had taken off with, with Hart. Um, obviously, she was married to Cameron Crowe at the time this movie was made, so I think that's probably why she she shows up. Um, but uh, anyway, the cast is just like everywhere you turn, you're like, oh my god, is that? And I had to look it up. Like, you know, is that uh, you know Eric Stoltz there? Is that Forrest Whitaker? You know, <laughs> I was constantly <laughs> looking it up to see if that was who these people were because they're all so young. I mean, this movie just pulled a ton of talent to to bring these characters to life. Um, Ray Walston was, I think, he must have been well known by this by the point uh, by this point in time. But his his uh, performance as Mister Hand is just terrific. Mister Hand is my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> it is. It is funny how, as I've gotten older, I do relate to Mister Hand a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, he, um, very unhinged decisions with Mr. Hand, but I, <laughs> I like how uh, uh, that was another character that they just kind of went for, you mm-hmm. know, because you see him in the classroom and you're like, yeah, I can believe him being a hard ass teacher. And then he shows up <laughs> like <laughs> at the house. And you're like, you have oh. wasted eight hours of my time. <laughs> yeah, he's come to get his time back. Um, I and think also, that was also my favorite. Um. Not that scene, but I my favorite Spicoli moment uh, was he, there's that one scene where he orders the pizza and Mr. Hand eats it in front of him and he looks like he's going to cry. Like He takes it so seriously. He's, he really does. He really does. It's great. And I think that, yeah, so Spicoli is the most over the top character. I think we can agree in the movie. Yeah. The second most would be Mr. Hand. And it's interesting <laughs> because they play off of each other. Like the, that's, <laughs> you know, their fun. Spicoli's function in this movie is to piss off Mr. Hand, and Mr. Hand's function is to piss off Spicoli, it seems like. <laughs> so I wonder, you know, uh, this is speculation. This is just one of those things where it's like you have to wonder how much of that was. Uh, like scripted you know <laughs> yeah i don't know if there was any improvisation in this but they just they do play off each other so well i could very much see that being a subplot that just escalated it could you know? be it could be now i have found cat that cameron crow did write a book called fast times at ridgemont high a true story oh um and the description is very blah just to say decide just says describes uh, life inside an American high school with observations based on the author's experience as an undercover high school senior at a California public school. Um, okay. So it was a book that he was writing. Um, he did not do it just for the screenplay, although I think he may have written the screenplay as well. Um, yes, it looks like he, he did write the screenplay as well. Um. You can buy this book. The paperback is on Amazon for $180. 
Um, Why can, is it that expensive? <laughs> or you can get yourself a hardcover for 300 bucks. Oh, dear Lord. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing it's it's long out of print, maybe. Probably. Um, I was, I was going to see if I was going to read it just because I have a lot of questions about how this came about, but uh, yeah. probably not for that much money. I, won't. I don't with the out of print books like that. I don't understand yeah. why there's not just a Kindle version version. Yeah. You know I, what I mean, like, just let me let me buy let, instead of me paying two hundred dollars, which I'm not going to pay anyway for a used <laughs> paperback version that uh, the Cameron Crowe is not going to see a penny of. Let me buy a Kindle version and, you know, Cameron Crowe can get his 10 cents or whatever. I don't know how Kindle works, but, you know, he can get his little <laughs> kickback from Amazon, whatever. It is. I don't understand it. It's so you easy. Know, the, the issue with that is because for a book to have a digital version, uh, the publisher has to buy an ISBN for it. Like, mm -hmm. the digital versions have their own ISBN. So once it, like, once it goes out of print, there's no one left to just, like, pay that money <laughs> oh. which amazon will do it for free but there still has to be someone that like uploads it to amazon so that hmm. they can make that money so it's i whoever owns the rights to that could put it on kindle basically for free mm -hmm. and then we could read an ebook edition but yeah like that that's all i mean it just seems like it's it's such a no-brainer right yeah instead of having your thing your book go for two hundred dollars on the used market, it seems so weird to me. Um, Cameron anyway, Crow, please. <laughs> yeah, come on, Cameron Crow. I know you're listening. Um, all right, that's enough of Book Corner with Cat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I oh, you talked about you like Spicoli ordering the pizza. I just want to point yeah. out, uh, good for Spicoli with the checkerboard vans, those old classic vans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those things looked awesome. Um, and I also wanted to mention the soundtrack because it's been a long time. It has. I've yes. seen this movie a million times, but it has been a long time since I last watched it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to, by the way, be buying the Blu-ray. I love this movie. Spoiler alert for when we get to ratings. All right. um, but the soundtrack on this thing is just top notch. I don't know. I can't remember the last time I watched a movie and shazammed this many songs just to find out what they <laughs> were. Um, and a lot of them were like by artists that I knew. Sadly, a lot of them were written just for this movie, and you can't get them anyplace else. And the soundtrack for this isn't—they're uh, not available. Most of them, most of the tracks are not available on Apple Music. That listen, Apple Music, Kindle—I know you've got to get on these things. I don't. This I don't is understand. An important that. piece of cinema history, right here. Yeah, I don't understand why why they're not available, but it's like, you know how, uh, I don't know if you use Apple Music Cat, but when you go to an album, there sometimes there'll be tracks, especially a compilation, there'll be tracks that just aren't available for whatever reason. Yeah. And they're like grayed out. Yeah. This one, the, like the entire album, except for the Jackson Brown song is grayed out. You can't. <laughs> oh my it's God. like, come on, man. Um. That really uh, sucks because so, this does have a fantastic soundtrack. It's amazing. It's amazing. And uh, so, you know me, I went immediately to to find a vinyl copy of it out of print, you know, uh, 150 yeah. bucks. Um, you could get the book for that. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> uh, yeah, it seems like everywhere I turn, I'm running into a wall of just out of print with uh, with things regarding this movie. Um, Which is surprising because this is like, it's a... I, it sounds so dumb to be like, this is a famous movie, but I mean, right. 
it this is held up you know yeah absolutely like this you still is... see this referenced you still see but people still talk about this one yeah i mean th- this is uh, it's american graffiti right it's just a different yeah. generation's american graffiti for the most po- part and um it's it's still i mean i watched it last night and as I was watching, I was like, I don't remember this movie being this good. Like, I really had fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, it just, it, it really works. Um, so, I I did notice one thing, and I don't know if if uh, anyone else would pick up on this but me. Um, the character of Rat. Yeah. Uh, he is given off throughout this movie serious Woody Allen vibes the whole time. Um, I did not pick up on that. Yeah. I, I might get us canceled immediately by saying this. Uh, Woody Allen is uh, one of my favorite directors ever, and I love his canceled. movies. <laughs> huh? Canceled. Oh, come on. Come no. On. Uh, <laughs> um, that's the thing about... Uh, for for me, it's not Woody Allen, but like sometimes there are just very talented directors that we later find out are very problematic. Yeah. But it doesn't make the movies not good. That's the you thing. Know? Like I, I I get it. Woody Allen is terrible, but yeah. he also made Annie Hall, and it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but but there's always if you watch Woody Allen movies, you'll notice almost all of them. I would say ninety nine percent of them have what is called is termed sort of the Woody Allen character, and that is the character that is either played by Woody Allen or later because he stopped acting in his movies at some point he cast other people to play basically the Woody Allen character. So it's the one he would have played. And it's the a character who's sort of, sort of full of neurosis and everything. And the character of rat gives off strong Woody Allen vibes in this movie, um, which made me like him. That makes sense. Uh, I, so I didn't have the uh, extra information for that, but I also liked rat as a character. Yeah. 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 Uh, he seemed like a good guy, but there were, that, that's, that I think is all in all one of the reasons this movie works so well. There were a lot of characters in this movie that I really liked. Like, I really I just liked, like the characters. Yeah. yeah. I really liked Brad. Um, you know, uh, he, uh, he, uh, is probably not me. He seemed to really be concerned with the hustle, no matter what kind of shitty job he had. And I was always well aware of how shitty my jobs were and didn't try that hard <laughs> at him. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but I really genuinely liked him. I liked Spicoli. I liked Mr. Hand. Um, the other teacher who doesn't, uh, who shows up just a little bit. The science teacher? Yeah, the Mr. The... Vargas. Yeah. Who's just kind of a weirdo, but, um, he, you know, he was a good character too. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's character, Stacy. Yeah, Stacy. I loved her. I thought she was fantastic. She was really, really good, and I liked her friend too. I liked Linda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phoebe Cates uh, uh, yeah. certainly made an impression <laughs> she- <laughs> on, on an yeah. entire generation of young men. It's but I like because they have that's kind of the you know the sexy friend stereotype was already well established at this point in movies. I really liked that she was also a good person, you know, like yeah. she's a good friend and yeah. I th- she felt I, I and this is something you could say about any of them. They felt three-dimensional, you know, they felt like people. Yes, they all did. And I I, I wonder though this about Linda. She um throughout the movie we hear about her uh, her boyfriend who is a uh, uh, seemingly 
a little oh, fiance, whatever. Yeah, uh, a little too old to be dating someone her age. It sounds like. Um, yes. And he is. Uh, where is he? Chicago, I believe she says. I think so. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he's not. Uh, he's not in Southern California where they are. And I, throughout the movie, I kept waiting for that bombshell of he's not real. He doesn't exist. You know. Yeah. And we never got that. No, but uh, she but, does break up with it. <laughs> yeah, it left me wondering because there is that thing with like the breakup note and stuff. It, it yeah. kind of left me wondering, like, okay, is this was this real or not? I, I couldn't tell. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess ultimately for the movie, it doesn't really matter. No. Um, but you get sucked in by these characters, and then you know, <laughs> yeah, I want to know what's going on. Um, uh, yeah. So he, uh, Doug seemed a little bit uh, too old for her. That that is one thing that I did want to talk about because there were some aspects of this movie that I think, uh, you were really good, very ahead of their time. Maybe things that would be overly politicized today. There were also some things that have not aged as well. Uh, yes. Doug being one of them because you just kind of have to wonder how old he is. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also because the. You know, one of the opening things, uh, Stacy tells a guy that she's 19. Yes. Uh, and I was already kind of, because he's like 26, and I was already kind of running the numbers in my head. It's like, how creepy is this? Um, yeah. <laughs> it'd be less creepy if they were just a little bit older, because it's not a huge gap, but there is that, you know, like, mid-20s to, to 19. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? It's it's the 80s. I, I don't... It's fine. And then, like, immediately after that... <laughs> They revealed that Stacy's fifteen, and I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's some creepy stuff, some stuff that doesn't age as well. Um, yeah. At one point, Spicoli uh, uh, drops a, a gay slur. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was very commonly used in the eighties. Um, that you know, kind of, yeah, it hits a little we different these days. Today. When I heard that, I was kind of like, "Ooh, I wish that wasn't in here." <laughs> Um, so yeah, there, there are a few of those things. Uh, but on, on the other side of that, I do think there are some elements that have aged really well. Um, and one being Stacy's abortion. Like, I think that's just, you can't talk about that in a movie today without that being like the whole movie, you know? And then yes. with a bunch of people getting mad because it's woke or mm -hmm. like not woke enough or whatever yeah. like people today just like to get so mad about stuff and it, it was uh it was kind of refreshing to see that be uh, and I've, I've said the same thing i think about uh black christmas where it's just kind of nice to have you know these plot points brought up that don't have to consume the whole movie mm -hmm. you know like people yeah. can just have things going on in their life and uh, it's something that i miss about you know, classic films yeah, yeah, the abortion storyline is it's not even really a storyline. It's just sort of there. It just and happens. it happens and then it goes away. I mean, it yeah. it's it it is um yeah, it is kind of interesting. Of course, these days you couldn't do that because it's illegal now. And yeah. they throw you in prison. <laughs> um I don't I don't know if that's true. I don't understand the legalities of what's happening in our country. I don't know what <laughs> It depends what state you live in. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I'm not, uh, not sure what's happening uh, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know, like, I, I think, look at this and this came out two years before Gremlins. Okay. Uh, so this movie really messed with, with a young Rob's head because I had seen Gremlins, um, <laughs> before I saw this because I, you know, just my age, I was uh, of the age to watch Gremlins when it came out. I was not of the age to watch this when it came out. Sure. <laughs> um, so I saw Gremlins and, uh, boy, did I have a crush on Phoebe Cates. 
<laughs> because who wouldn't, right? And she's adorable sure. in Gremlins, except you know, she even tells that creepy story about her dad and Santa Claus and all that. Uh it, it's uh it's great. And then you see this Phoebe Cates, <laughs> and that will mess your world up. But again, uh, such an awakening for for a lot of people. Uh, but I thought she did great. I, I thought she was fantastic as, as Linda. I don't think there is a bad performance in this movie uh, no. unless we want to call in, Sean Penn's performance bad. And I unless don't... Unless we want to call into questions, Spicoli. But again, I don't really blame Sean Penn. No, I, no, absolutely I not. I disagree with the choice to have him do that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he did very well at what he was doing. Yeah. and But again, though, I... um. I have never, I've actually never been to Southern California. I, I've lived in Northern California for some time. Uh, never Southern California. I don't, so I have no idea what a stoner surfer in early 80s Southern California was like. Maybe that's spot on. Maybe that is spot on. And there are, I, as much as I hate to admit it, there are a couple of these cliches that are facts. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I like living out in Southern California. I knew a guy who could not keep his shirt on, like even inside, like that's uh-huh. a thing. Uh, <laughs> but the accent, I've never noticed the accent that bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that it's was... not, it's not a v- issue that is like specific to fast times at Ridgemont high. I just noticed it because Sean Penn was the only one doing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it, it is kind of a, a recurring thing. <laughs> Uh, I just sent a tagline that I found for this movie. Uh, I, I hope it's the same one that I have. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. I can. I don't know if I can give this tagline the justice it deserves in a read. Yeah. Um. Can you pull it off? I can try. Yeah. I don't think I could do it. Um. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Fast cars, fast girls, fast carrots, fast carrots. <laughs> <laughs> you did good. Yeah, you did good. Um, the carrot scene is hilarious in this movie. It is. It's yeah. very good. Yeah. Especially with the guys cheering at the end. It's it's so, it's so great. And again, it's, it's not <laughs> played for like in a weird way. It's just, it just no. kind of happens and it's funny. Uh, and I don't know. I just, I, I, I think the tone of this movie is, is perfect. They do handle, um, some fairly serious subjects, I guess, but, for the most part, it's just a fun movie. It is. And I, and like you said, with the carrot scene, I, that could have been weird and yeah. it wasn't, you know, they just kind of laugh it off and move on. And yeah, I, right, right. Like the girls aren't super offended by it, that the guys no. are laughing or watching them or whatever. And the guys aren't, the guys aren't even super gross about it. They just kind of laugh about it or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's not a big deal. And in that way, I think so th- this might be because I watch more horror movies than I watch any other genre mm-hmm. of film, but I do feel like very often in high school things uh, in high school in media, things like this get exaggerated so much, you know, where it's always like drama and bullying and everything's just like a huge deal. This was much more, even though it's set in the eighties, uh, this was much more indicative of my high school experience where there's just dumb stuff that happens, you know? Right. And you, you kind of brush it off and, and move on with stuff, you know? Yeah. Like I I was actually going to bring that up too, about this movie. There is something kind of timeless about it, even though it's, it's a lot of things in this movie are horribly dated. Um, there is something timeless about it and it, the way it looks at the high school experience, because I went to high school in Indiana in 
the mid-90s, and this isn't strikingly different than the experience that I had in high school. Right. Um, you know, it's not exactly the same, but it is, uh, it's, you know, I knew characters, or I knew people who were like uh, most of these characters. I didn't know Spicoli. I mean, I knew some stoners, but <laughs> I didn't know anybody who was quite there. But, I, I, you know, there were people I knew who were a lot like these. I had a teacher who was a lot like Mr. Hand. He and I would go back and forth. It, was a, it wasn't quite <laughs> as, as mean as uh, him and Spicoli seemed to really... Um, I guess by the end, they kind of seemed to come around on each other a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at the beginning, it was really... They were really button heads, like like real adversaries. I, I had a teacher, one of my... Mr. Shorts was my favorite high school teacher. I ended up uh, having this guy all four years of high school just by chance. He taught uh, freshman English and then sophomore literature. And then uh, both my junior and senior years, I took electives um, that ended up putting me in his class just by chance along the way. Um, and he and I would constantly kind of go back and forth. It was a little more playful than that because he knew that I was, you know, basically just a harmless class clown fuck off, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but he was always trying to get me to follow the rules and shit. Um, so it was, uh, you know, like I, I kind of I could. I enjoyed watching the the two of them, um, and, and and their relationship was was great. And I, at the end, I thought it was I thought it was nice, you know, <laughs> seeing Mister <laughs> Hand in that bedroom with all those naked pinups around him. Was kinda... <laughs> I really liked that he didn't seem to notice until he he was on his way out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and he never says a word. No, he doesn't say a word about him, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot here. Um, to really like about this movie. And I, so I wanted to look at Amy Heckerly and actually and see what else she has directed. Uh, Red Oaks. Uh, yeah, that's a TV series that was on uh, Amazon. Not but the first season was good anyway. I didn't watch any more of it. She, she wrote Clueless, which was one that I liked. But yeah. again, that's not a directing role. That's just a. Yeah. It looks like she did Look Who's Talking and Look Who's Talking too. Oh, Johnny Dangerously. She did that. That's a movie I like. And she did National Lampoon's Europe. Can't be, can't, oh, she's done some good stuff. Uh, anyway, I, I was really impressed with this movie, and I did want mean to look that up earlier, and I kind of forgot about it. Um, I think I might be out of stuff to talk about here with Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Cat. What do you think? I think I'm also out of stuff to talk about yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, it's it would be a lot of me um, gushing over everything else in this movie that we haven't already touched on. There are a lot of little details in this that that really are fantastic. It's a well done movie. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it was uh, much better than like I said. It's been a long time since I've seen it. It was much much better than than I remember it being. I was kind of worried when I sat down to watch it that it would have it wasn't going to have aged well. And like you said, yeah. there's a couple of things that don't really age well, but for the most part, it holds up uh, as a film. I, it absolutely. Yeah. Um. So let's jump into our ratings, and we are going to do this on a scale of bees because, you know, the bees. What is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Uh, we talked about this. We're going to give each movie two scores. One is just for the film. The other, uh, I have uh, just now decided we are going to call the cage score, and that will be for um nicholas cage in the movie this one's very hard uh for a cage score yeah i wanted to talk to you about the cage score because i i i pitched the cage score and in my head it was gonna be you know like how 
insane Nick Cage's performances, like how much Cage we get. Uh, but this is one where he makes the most of every second he's on screen. Like this is for him, for what they gave him. This is a fantastic debut. Like he made the absolute most of it. But they, as a movie, really underutilize Nick Cage. Yeah. So like, how do we score that? It is tough. It is tough. Um, because my initial thoughts were this is going to get like half a point or half yeah. a B because there's just not enough Nicolas Cage in it. But I was scoring the movie. I do think what you said is important, though, that while he's on screen, you notice him. I mean, you would, will yeah. see him every time. You notice it's Nick Cage that's on the screen, even though they refuse to show his face. <laughs> even though they don't want you to see his face. We know yeah. who it is. <laughs> yeah, weird usage of him in this movie. <laughs> so I don't, weird. Such a, I mean, I've you know done nothing but heap praise on this movie, but it is such a weird way to use him. Uh, uh, in this film i know like i know that i was sitting down to watch this with the intention of talking about nick cage so it's like you know i don't know that i normally look this actively for nick cage and stuff but it yeah. was really weird because i did feel like i was seeking him out and the movie was hiding him from me <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, i've never had like that game experience of with movie yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh it was odd um you know what? Given that in mind, I'll go first with the cage score. Okay. Um, and we're doing these out of ten. Yes. And I'm going to give this movie um a five, just an even flat five. Okay. Because I think that he makes the most out of the time that he's given, like we talked about. But the movie just yeah. doesn't do enough with him. Yeah. So it sort of ends up just being down the middle, which again, really a shame. I do think. If Nicolas Cage is playing Brad in this film, it's going it's to be a, different movie. a completely different movie, and I really want to see that movie. I don't know if the movie is going to be better or worse. I just want to see it. <laughs> I Yeah, that's. I, I think it would have been a very different experience, but it's an experience that I think I might have preferred. Um, I wish I could confirm. <laughs> exactly, yes. Uh, that's pretty close to my own uh, cage score for this. Uh, I had it at a four. Uh, and pretty much for all the things that we talked about, like, they really didn't utilize him. Nick Cage himself, for his performance, for his insistence on being a presence, despite not having his face on screen at any point had earned all four of those points you know like the yes. movie was working against him and he just he has he leaves an impression he certainly does um yeah he he absolutely does i don't i don't think anybody would argue uh, otherwise i mean he's the first celebrity to play himself in dead by daylight after all <laughs> Um, That's going to leave an impression. Yes. <laughs> so let's move on to uh, a score for the film itself. Out of 10 Bs, Cap, what are we giving Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Uh, so first of all, I wanted we were talking about this also on our B scale that we're going to try and give more sensible rankings. Is that how? <laughs> That's what I'm here? doing. You can do whatever you want. I'm not doing the crazy Portnoy scale where we're with the, the, everything else. No, this is either going to be a full or half point for me. Okay, I'm out of ten. Also, right? Yes, yes. Also out of okay. ten. Okay. Uh, so I'm having a really tough time with this one. This, I, I feel very comfortable with horror rankings uh, because mm -hmm. I watch a lot of horror movies. I I have a lot of points of reference. Um, 
This one is different for me because it's a genre that I don't really like much, but it's such a well-done movie. Uh, this might end up being too low or too high. I might like revisit this and be like, what was I thinking here? Once we've watched more movies out of my genre. Mm -hmm. uh, but as a starting point, I'm giving this a 7.5. All right. Like I, it's not a genre that I like. This is not one that I, I'm going to rewatch probably on my own. It, the Nick Cage doesn't pull me back in, but it's well executed. It's funny. Um, mm -hmm. I liked it. Yeah. Um, so I looked at this movie. Um, and again, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Going into it, I did not expect it to hold up. Um, but it does. It's 40... It's, it's like 41 years old at this point, um, and it still seems to capture that high school experience. At least it captures mine. I don't know what high school is like today. I have no idea. Maybe completely different, but whatever. It was pretty, um, like, it, you know, my last couple of years of high school were very different because I went to an online academy. But uh -huh. this is very accurate to my first couple of years of high school. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I, you famously are only 16. So that's good. I'm, only, um, I'm 19. Exactly. <laughs> In fast time years. <laughs> Yeah, um, there there is a little bit of stuff, a few things that haven't uh, haven't aged all that great. But what are you going to do? It was the eighties. Um, a Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I, the cast is just incredible, and it's not only that they managed to get all of these actors, these talented actors, when they were so young, but also because the actors they got were super talented at that age. Yeah. You know, it's not like um, you watch this movie and you're like, oh, boy, that uh, Eric Stoltz, man, he was he really sucks in that movie. But boy, he did he become something he's he's I mean, he's not in the movie a lot. But again, you notice him. He has that presence the same way that Nicolas Cage does in this great film. stoner, bud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's there's that there's the soundtrack, which is just incredible. I really, really want to get a copy of that. Um, <laughs> there's just so much here that I that I really love. Uh, I, I will be buying this uh, Blu-ray. It will be going on my shelf without a doubt. Um, and I am going to give it an 8.5. Oh, all right. Um, That's actually uh, closer than I thought. We, I, I mean, after talking about it, I knew that you were going to go higher than me. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, I will say I'm we're, we're closer than I thought we would be on the uh, mm. person I cage movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really, really thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I'm, I'm really glad that, uh, it made me excited to do this show. I mean, I was already excited to talk about Nicolas Cage movies and go through the filmography and especially see the movies that I haven't seen before. Yeah. But after I watched this last night, I was super excited to do this <laughs> show just because I love this movie so much. Um, like, I, I just had so much fun with it. Now, um, looking ahead, our next episode will be 1983's Valley Girl. Oh no. Okay, that's uh, one I have not seen. So. I was going to say the same thing. This is not uh I've never seen this movie. Um looking at the poster, it looks like it's going to be something. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm a little bit concerned. Um but <laughs> Yeah. I do wonder does this have the Frank Zappa song in it? That'd uh, be fun. No, it does not. Of course not. Why would it? <laughs> Uh, we'll see. I, I do. This is either going to be a surprise um, hit for me because sometimes comedies work that way. It is, however, a teen it described as a teen romantic comedy. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, the plot is based loosely on Romeo and Juliet. 
I don't like that. <laughs> I also I don't like the cover. Um, yeah, the cover has um, me really concerned. <laughs> yeah, what what I'm worried about just just looking at the cover is that we're going to get a movie that's full of Spicolis. Yes. Uh, also, the title of the movie has me thinking yes. that quite a bit. Yeah, but uh, anyway, Valley Girl from 1983 is up next for us, and um, I guess we'll jump. Feel free into to that. watch along. Yeah, yeah. People can watch along. Um, we're, we're gonna we're gonna jump into that next week, um, and we will see how it goes. I mean, the thing about uh, you know, I, I wondered if we just did the filmography. I was like, is that going to give us you know enough material, enough episodes? But then when you look down, uh, the Nick Cage filmography is enormous. Yes, we're gonna be doing this for a while. Um, yeah, and we also we have it's probably a little bit too early to announce any of our guests but people have expressed interest on coming on the show awesome uh and and there are a couple other things that i i would like to talk about uh specifically at, at one point as we get further into it there is a nick cage horror anthology on the horizon that i would really like to talk about oh. Uh, it's a, it's a collection of short stories inspired by, and sometimes featuring Nick Cage. Oh, that awesome. just is one of the weirdest things I've ever read. Uh, and I, I also would not mind doing a, uh, a true crime episode about the, uh, haunted mansion that Nick Cage briefly owned. Oh, in yes. The early two thousands. Yeah. The, uh, the, um, I can't remember the, the name Lori of it. house. Yeah. Yeah. In, in new Orleans. Yeah. 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 That kind of stuff is good. You know, I was looking through the filmography too. He's done some TV stuff, some other TV stuff, not a lot, but we might, uh, we might get into that at some point too. Yeah. A little bit, you know. Um, so yeah, there's, there's no, um, no lack no of Nicolas Cage, uh, material to cover. Um, he's going to be in a video game soon. So that's something, <laughs> uh, that I, I quite honestly never expected. Uh, How I'd mad like would Mikey be if we finish up the show and it devolves into just a Nicolas Cage Dead by Daylight live stream channel? <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's going to do it uh, for the very first episode of the Nick fucking Woo Cage cast. And uh, you uh, you can get me on Twitter at uh, Radio Rob 123. We don't have any show stuff set up yet. I don't know whether I'm going to. I, can't, I, I just don't know. Yeah, we, um, don't, we don't know. We don't know if Twitter will be here in a week. That's or... the thing. People are fleeing Twitter, it seems. And I, I don't know if I want to take the time to do a show account. Um, uh, you know, in the past, I found that when I've had show accounts, I haven't really used them at all. And it's just been through my personal account that I've interacted with people anyway. Yeah. Uh, so Radio Rob 123 is where you can find me there. Um, Kat, what do you got? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at cat underscore velour. You can find me on Instagram at cat velour, but I probably won't be there. I don't like it. And uh, you can check out my website, catvelour.com. You hate the Instagram, huh? I don't like Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, Instagram for me is, uh, I very rarely post anything on there, uh, but I do enjoy scrolling through and seeing people's pictures. Yeah, that's, I think the issue with me is that I like looking at the pictures, but then I feel pressured to, like, post pictures also, and I don't mm. really have anything that interesting. Yeah, to... I don't, I don't, I don't post a lot of stuff on there. Um, also, it's a great spot for dog videos, and I love to watch videos of dogs being dogs. Yeah, there are some really cute animal videos. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. All right, cool. Um, we've also got the other podcast. 
I guess. Yeah. Uh, you can come mm-hmm. listen to us talk about horror movies, sometimes also including Nick Cage over right. on Slasher Radio. Yep, you can uh, check that out, Slasher Radio. That is uh, me and Kat and uh, a gentleman by the name of Mikey Bones, who is, uh, even Man, before we started the show. the show, received a <laughs> lifetime ban, so uh, he yeah. will never be here. You can check that out. And uh, and Kat, did you plug your book? You should plug your book. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can pre-order my book, uh, Revenge Arc. You can pre-order that through my website, Kevlar.com. You can pre-order it through archiveoftheodd.com. Uh, that's my publisher. And all of the pre-orders will be signed. So. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm excited because I got a pre-order in. Yeah, I'm not excited because I have to sign a bunch of books. <laughs> yeah, that seems like it's going to be a pain. I mean, I assume yeah, you're going to sell probably two, 300,000 of these things you're going to have to sign. Yeah, if I sell a million of them, I will buy Jeffrey Dahmer's house. So. That's right. That is the that is the deal. If you sell yeah. a million books, you have to buy De- Jeffrey Dahmer's house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so that's going to do it. Uh, not uh, not a ton of Nicolas Cage to talk about in this movie, as we mentioned. He's just not on screen very much. Um, I, it looks like, uh, yeah, I mean, he's on the poster for the next film, so I'm assuming he has a much larger role. Um, uh, he's and, also not wearing a shirt. He is wearing yeah. a vest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a vest and, and, and a necktie, I believe. And yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't have it up in front of me, but uh, if I recall, he has a vest and a necktie, but no shirt. I don't know. We're, we'll see. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not holding out hope for an 8.5 for next week's episode, but we'll see. Probably how it goes. not. Uh, <laughs> it might be a little while before we get another <laughs> 7.5 out of me. <laughs> I, I, a lot of these early ones are suspicious. All right, that's gonna do it. This is the uh, Nick Effin Cage Effin Woo. I always forget the Woo cat. The, woo, the Nick Effin yeah. Woo Cage Cast, and uh, we'll be back next week to talk about Valley Girl. <laughs>